get rid of the, the barrier that is Gary. Get rid of Gary. Gary anymore. We could just talk to one of them. That, that's where I'd like to go. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, Tom, I don't think Gary has ever acknowledged Tom even exists. That's a good point. I, I think I'll, I'll bring that to uh, Gary's attention next time. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. Get, 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 get Gary's opinion of Tom Sharplin. Yeah. I don't think he... I actually don't know if he knows he exists. Like, he never... Oh, yeah, you're right. Never, he, 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 he never alludes to Tom. Yeah, you're right. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe we can set it up like it's... Uh, I, mean, I don't even know why I'm still watching it, but does anybody watch uh, Bates Motel? No. No. I haven't watched TV since 1998. <laughs> what threw you over the edge on that? What happened in 98 that you're like, I'm not going back? I don't know. I don't know. The character of Norman Bates on that show is, you know, he's schizophrenic. And, you know, he's got both his mother and his, uh, his you know, his normal personality. That switch, he can switch it on and switch it off. So maybe, you know, I can, I can you know, see if that's what's going on with Tom and Gary. Whether it's a, a psychological, whether it's a psychological split, <laughs> you know. Now, now this is getting interesting, right? Well, we'll see if I can get it to go in that direction. I don't know. I got to think more on how I should approach this. But it's hey, Fred. Yeah. What? Go ahead. I thought he was going to say cigarettes. Did you quit smoking yet, Frederick? And speaking of an addiction, what about the Prince thing? Yeah. Well, I mean that's. I guess he'll be the first, uh, I guess he's not even the first though, there's, there's been other famous people that have overdosed on pain pills, right? What about, uh, what, what was Heath Ledger on? Pain pills, right? Who was the other guy more recently? Yeah, That Seymour. was in the L. Ron Hubbard movie. What, yeah. What was his name? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah, no, Sheila E. said that Prince had problems with his knees and his hips. Yeah. But he wouldn't get them treated because he was a because he wouldn't because he would need a blood transfusion and he was a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I heard. Where'd you hear that, Dougal? Oh, some yeah, gossip web, some gossip website. Oh, okay. For a while, he was hobbling around with a cane, right? Yeah. Mm. And it wasn't just a fashion affectation. I can't get over the idea that he would go to these Walgreens himself to pick up the medication. I mean, imagine you're in Walgreens and here comes Prince. That would be pretty wild. Maybe, or maybe he had like a special Prince entrance. <laughs> Back at the Walgreens, they set it up for him. Yeah, a lot of business will do that for, you know, celebrities, celebrity entrance. Well, and there's that whole thing about rock and roll doctors, too, you know. They'll medicate you enough so you can get to the next show, but not necessarily take care of you. Well, that's one of the most idiotic uh, parts of uh, the Keith Richards book, where he, he claimed that he got only the best heroin <laughs> from some, some doctor. I can't forget, you know, he's a foreign doctor, you know. This doctor had access to the best heroin, and that, uh, and that he, he, he only snorted it. He never shot up, even though it, there's photos of him with the needle hanging out of his arm. It's quite crazy these days. 
Is it still? I mean, I don't. It's not that I know, but it. I don't know what it is in Canada. Two two people just from my little world of, you know, Bayonne. I know two two people who overdosed on it. Heroin. Pain pills. Yeah. You know, pharmaceutical industry. They don't care who they sell Uh to. They're just like dealers. Yeah. As long as there's a market. Yeah. No, I think it's 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 more. uh, Actually, I think there was even an article where. Doctors were trying to pull back on how many they subscribe at once, you know, and that type of thing. They're trying to, uh, they realize that uh, everything's out in the open now, and uh, they've created this, this nightmare in the country. Now they've got to try to scale it back to, you know, people won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, they say that you can get addicted as fast as like two or three weeks on the pain pills. I guess it depends on the strength. When they said Prince overdose, it made perfect sense to me. And he was out there, it's like the night before he... So he probably took a couple, you know, went out, performed a little bit, talked with people, took a couple more. Record store day, right? Or something? Was it? Yeah, he was riding around on a bike. He went to record store day at some record store. Well, I did hear he was riding his bike, and then if he had the flu, that didn't make any sense, because they had the plane land the day before. Yeah. But what was interesting is I heard, what's it called, Narcolox or whatever, antidote for opioid overdose, and that the uh, EMTs did not use that on Prince. No. They just used regular CPR. What, 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 the first time or the second time? The second time. They no, probably the, used it the first the second, the second time he was dead when they found him. That drug doesn't bring people back from the dead. There was no point of using it. But I think they used it the first time. The plane, when the plane... Uh, was it on the best show? I think it was, where I heard the story about the guy that saw Michael Jordan in the strip club at 2 o'clock in the morning. And then the next day he was playing in the All-Star game and they said he had the flu. <laughs> yeah, what's that called? The St. Louis flu. <laughs> suffering from exhaustion is that the other one? Too much of a good time. There's a magazine called Private Eye in England, which is a, a really it, it was like it's spy was spy magazine was basically ripped off of Private Eye. They, whenever anyone was drunk, they would would just describe them as tired and emotional. He was seemed tired and emotional outside the. Wherever it was. Strip club? Ugandan, activ- <laughs> Ugandan activities was code for uh, some sort of exotic sexual um, activities. Anybody so what's else? your job again, Dougal? Working for the uh, Native Canadian? <laughs> he's a member of parliament, so he's oh, a... Uh, the MP. He's an MP. So oh. I'm, a, I'm senior... Po- I got to make up my own name, so I'm a senior policy advisor. Boy, that is a good name. It is. I could have, it could have been anything. I could have called him in. He wouldn't have cared. You're not a big jazz fan, though, are you? I'm not a big, huge jazz fan, but I don't have... I like it. Well, I was making some comments on Irwin's show. Actually, just asking for advice on how to spend my iTunes card. And he sent me five Sun Ra CDs. Are they good? Yeah, they're fantastic and extremely well... Remastered. That's crazy. Do you know who Lenny Bro is? Lenny Bro? Yeah, jazz guitarist. No. He's he well he was from here. He's from Winnipeg. But he oh. grew up he grew up originally in 
Vermont or someplace like that. He was taught how to play guitar by Chet Atkins. Whoa! Then he moved to Winnipeg, where he would give people music lessons. So he would give music lessons to Randy Bachman, who was no. in the Guess, the Guess Who and BTO. We call him Bachman, but okay. Yeah, apparently Bachman is the Canadian, the correct pronunciation. Canadian. And then Randy Bachman, then Randy Bachman would taught Neil Young. So there's this weird chain of like goes Chet Atkins, Chet, Chet Atkins, Lenny Bro. Lenny. Yeah, Lenny Bro is actually. B R O or B R O U G H. B R E A U. Bra, bro. <laughs> okay, bra. Lenny, oh, bra. <laughs> Guy, bra. I once I worked at an ad agency in Toronto where I got jazz band from the studio because I put on um, "Let My People Hear Music" by uh, oh, what's his name? It's it's totally chaotic. Oh, I got Archie Shep. No, hold on Pharaoh a Sanders, Peter Broxman. I'm just going for all the outside jazz saxophones. Charles Gale. Hey, good choice, wait. Oh, let my Charles Mingus. Oh, Mingus. Charles Mingus. Yeah, my let my children hear music. It, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's like it's orchestral in parts, but there's this part where it's basically just sounds like a crazed traffic jam crossed with the uh, the surging orchestra from A Day in the Life. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like. All these people working on tight deadlines, super like crazy. It was just putting everyone's nerves on edge. And the manager, and the manager, like Keith, rushed into the studio and turned it off and said, "That's it, no more jazz, no more jazz in the studio." Wow. It was a pretty. It was a particularly. Uh, it was not. It was not soothing or, or calming at all. My mom famously, I dine out on this. I dine out on this. My mom's. We lived in Paris for a year in the late early sixties, maybe. Oh, when it, when all She's the black artists left America, like Nina Simone and well, she, our ensemble of Chicago and Miles Davis. She saw, she saw Miles Davis and John Coltrane at some famous, and it's actually at the Orpheum or something, and it's a kind of a famous because Mingus was doing. And sorry, not Mingus. Uh, Miles. No, not even Miles. Coltrane was doing something new. And the people in the audience got really mad. But he, he started just honking. He just basically started honking his saxophone at them. And a fi- and fights started breaking out in the audience because people were arguing about whether this was jazz or not. And the, and the curtain came down because of, because of arguments in the audience. Wow. Well, well who is that? Makes Stra- my much cooler. He isn't at all. What's that? Stravinsky's Rites of Spring. Supposedly oh, yeah, that's right. Cause people to fight because yeah, of their unusual harmonies. What do you make of that, Mike? Oh, that's a nice uh, comparison. But yeah, so some of that late Coltrane stuff gets pretty out there. Yeah, you got you, you've got to get attuned to it. You know, you have to listen to a lot of it before you pick up on certain. Well, I've always used like books to help explore music. You know, uh, are you familiar with the uh, Penguin Guide to Jazz? You know, they've they've done many many editions, and it's you know it's a huge thick book. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you get you, you get the history of the the musician. You know, they describe different you know phases of the artist and stuff, and, and you know it's, it's just I found it very helpful. But what I, what I started doing 
<clears throat> I mean, you, there's certain labels, like I said, Atlantic is pretty good. But yes. I mean, if you, if you, you just get like an, uh, a, blue, a Blue Note album from like the, the 50s or 60s. You, you really you're in pretty good shape. It's like Prestige was like that too. Yeah, there were certain labels, you know, you, you just had all the... Impulse? You can yeah. hardly lose with an Impulse record. Yeah, they've got the late uh, Coltrane stuff. And then Atlantic has all the early Coltrane stuff. Atlant that that box set, Ornette Coleman box set, is phenomenal. And he, I, yeah, I've got yeah, I've got the the uh, Atlantic Coltrane box set. The, the best box set is that uh, what you said, the classic quartet Coltrane. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that to me is like a collection of the like most beautiful music ever. You know? Yes. Yeah. I kind of just listen to it like I got it. I just listen to it one disc after the other, and it's like mind-blowing. What era was that of his? That's like, I guess that's the early 60s, right? Yeah, Jimmy Garrison, McCoy Tyner, Elvin Jones, and John Coltrane. Yeah, they call it the classic quartet. You see, we had some new people join, Mike. Yeah. I was going to see if we could get them to talk. Who's that? Matt? Matt, yes. Hello. Hi, Matt. Hi, how are you, Fredericks? Great. Especially now you're here. Thank you. <laughs> Who are you and how'd you find out about this thing? Well, I follow Mike on Twitter Good and idea. I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia? Hey, we got another Canadian for you, Dougal. Ah, uh, sorry. That's all right. You guys always apologize. <laughs> I think you just notice it because we say we don't say we say sorry instead of sorry. Yeah, because you're not really sorry. You're just sorry. It hurts a little bit. I only see <laughs> only see four people. Is that you, Jake? No, it's me. Oh, you were you doing your Jake McCall imitation? No, no. I'm just I don't even see the, the Jake. Uh... Matt, Tim. Yes. How long have you been listening to the best show? Oh, uh, for about four years now. So you're, like, pretty much a rookie. Yes, I, I guess so. Yes. PC Mike, also known as Mike W., has been listening to the whole thing three times, I think. No. I didn't listen three times. No, two and a half. One, one time, the whole thing. I did that. Have you thought about doing that, Matt? Uh, I've listened to a lot of the archives. Yeah. How'd you find out about it? Uh, the AV Club. <gasps> Not those guys. <laughs> when, when the AV Club still reviewed the best show. Yeah. Although they, they, they reviewed the uh, Tom Kank things. That was a great one. Yeah, it was. Hey, Mike, how does Tom present those things? Like, will you, with, with this thing, like, when, when you come into the show, like, will he just announce then what you do, or? Well, no, I mean, he, he announces it. Do you get the uh, oh, email? Newsletter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, he usually puts it up on Twitter or a day or two before sometimes. Mm -hmm. you know? I think that one he advertised earlier than usual. Yeah, he's been on a roll with the topics lately. The other thing I liked was when he took calls during the sound collage. That was really cool. Yeah, he was trying to, yeah, he was trying to get callers in the middle of that. Um, with the, with the uh, Tom Can't Complain, um, that was inspired by... Bob Grant, you have the gag hour. It, there's actually a great clip. There's a great clip of the, the Bob Grant gag hour. It's oh. pretty, 
on uh, YouTube. It's oh. pretty easy. And uh, he would yeah. actually gag while people were talking to him. No, it, it was it wore get get at Grant. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. There's a 44 minute clip of it. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and, and Man, that you are fast, PC. <laughs> I I, I want to hear it because I'm interested in this dude. I don't remember him, but I've heard you no, guys. No, he was he was like a Donald Trump of the radio. Yeah. So that that's what inspired Tom's "Don't Complain" because we listened to that right after the show. It's, it's hysterical, particularly the first caller. Like a little post-show chat. Tom was talking about you know, the, the gag hour on Bob Grant. And uh, he pulled up that clip. The first call is like hysterical. I mean, it's only the first couple minutes, but you'll you'll get the point. This guy was just like ready to go. I mean, he had this whole this whole little speech ready to go, and he even impressed Bob Grant after he was done. He's like, "Well, what can I say?" You know. Wow. So it's kind of like how everybody was primed to uh, take Tom down, or, or yeah, 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 yeah. That's. That, that was the idea. Well, he does spend years pissing people off. <laughs> Where's Epic? Epic soundtrack. Well, I tried to get him. Oh, Dougal's been out, so we can see his hair. I saw that. That picture's been there all along. You have the weird update. Yours isn't the same as mine. I have a feeling it's just Frederick's computer. He's got his own weird uh, circuit. <laughs> uh, you'd like a you'd like a picture? I don't have a picture from from Matt Taylor since '92. No. Did you say my own weird circuit or my own weird circus? <clears throat> circuit board. Oh, okay. Yeah, I probably do. You modified it to your personality. When I talk, you do see um, Carlton Fredericks, right? Yeah, I see that guy. Yeah, he was a scam. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, you want to hear a cat story? Okay. Keeping this. Wild cat, and I mean he is wild. I've been keeping him in the house for the last three weeks, and it's not easy. Like at four o'clock in the morning, he starts yowling. <laughs> and it's like, man, I am trying to domesticate a wild animal, and he's trying to be nice, but he can only do it for so long before his wildness comes back out. I've got cats like that in my neighborhood. I hear them regularly. Yowling? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a popular sound in my neighborhood, too. So you hear that in the dead of night sometimes, sometimes even earlier. Well, that sounds like they're just in heat. I oh, actually think Wolfgang just wants to go outside. He doesn't but, like the litter box. Don't they also make that, that sound when they're screwing? Yeah. I, I imagine. That's what it, I always sort of equated it with. Screwing and fighting or some variation of, or competition of the two. I thought I saw something about cats. Their penises have, like, barbs on the end of them or something. Is that, that true? It, that it's actually painful? Uh, I don't know. I wonder what Matt Taylor knows about this. Ooh, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that. Cat side penises? Of no. Well, would you do some research and get back with us? Yes, President. Oh, thank you, man. Oh, yeah, they look pretty gnarly. If you look at a... Uh, there's a Wikipedia page on it. Cat penises? Penile spines is the, the, the page, but it comes up when you Google cat. It says, uh... It, yeah, for non-human animals, cat reproduction, hyenas, and... 
yeah, that looks like um, it looks like one of those like weapons that you'd see, like an arrow that would be shot into somebody, and right, it would be, so that you can only push it through. Right, like so because if you, if you pull, tried to pull it back, damage, that's sort of what it looks like. Barbs. Like, yeah. Like a fish hooks. Yeah. I hate those. Well, Matt's doing research too, though. Can't yeah, you... I I have to get going, Fredericks. What? <laughs> yeah, enough. I I have I have to get going. Take care. Just to get something to eat. No, you need to <laughs> research cat penises, Matt. That too. All right. Yeah, well, he's not the first rich guy who ever left New Jersey. Right, but they were talking about how they're going to have to actually adjust their budget. Hundred and forty million. Well, is it? it I mean, is he going to sell his estate? He's I mean, gonna, somebody's. Yes, he's going to leave New Jersey and move to Florida because they don't have a state income tax. Wouldn't wouldn't some new rich guy move into his estate? Hey, PC, you're a fast typer. Would you check rich New Jersey guy threatens to move or something like that? Sure. See if you can come up with his name. But yeah, they were talking about that. That's the problem with with state income taxes is that individuals become too powerful. But as we all know, it's David Tepper. He's moving yeah. from to Florida. Yeah, that's the guy exactly. He's taking the tax burden with him, much to Jersey's dismay. Oh, good riddance, I say. <laughs> I look like a dirtbag. You're better off without him. He sounds like a jerk, so. Just as well. A hedge fund manager oh. specializing in distressed companies, which means he's a vulture uh, capitalist. Yeah, we the worst kind. <laughs> like it was like a PR piece, you know. He got somebody to write about him in the paper, so his name would be out there. Oh, Mike, you are so cynical. <laughs> I mean, that you don't think that happened? Well, I guess it does. Yeah, from his Wikipedia page. Tepper keeps a brass replica of a pair of testicles in a prominent spot on his desk, a present from former employees. He rubs the gift for luck during the trading day to get a laugh out of colleagues. What an idiot. So there you go. You could try those. You could sell some of, you could either have some of those masses, Mike. Testicles? Maybe you, brass, brass ones. Mike? Yeah. Perhaps is an AP mic collectible. No, no. No? I'm going to go down that road. Too, uh, too vulgar. Tom would love it. Anyway, so we did all right, guys. It was yeah. so great hearing your voices again. Check in once in a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I, just, I missed this, actually, because I kept... I, there were times I actually hoped... It's been so relentless. Tom will not quit. I kept... Almost hoping uh, that there would be a day where you take a week off so we could uh, meet up. Yeah, I felt the same way. And then when they started talking about playing replays when he's gone, I was a little crestfallen. It was like, yeah, well, it's all right, so we can randomly meet, you know, a couple times a year. But yeah, you know what the plan is? No. Well, he's talked about it, but I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. I thought is it, was it the twenty-four-seven thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I actually, uh, since they were collecting the, the the clips, it occurred to me, like, since one or two more, and I, I think I've since lost them, but I'm like, oh, that was a good call. It, I don't think anyone mentioned in that thread. Uh, but, yeah, it would, it, it, that would be kind of neat. So it wouldn't just be, like, a loop of shows. They would be kind of aspects of, like, shows put together almost in a collage-type form or, like, well, a... I, I, mean, I, thought, I thought it was going to be loops of shows, but I guess they are trying to do... Well, they, they, they have to do... Um, I think they're trying to get advertising for the loops when it's going, you know? Oh. And so, so there's okay. got to be, like, breaks in between segues. So what was your real opinion on that Whopper? Oh, it was bad. No, you know, I, it, it, I wasn't... You gave it four! Stars out of five. I couldn't believe it. I, I threw I, up when you I said that. Three. I thought I gave it three. You said four. I think no. you did say four. I was old. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, why? He doesn't sound like he's happy. And then, yeah, you, then you ate a, lo- a quesalupa or something. Chalupa? Yeah. Well the, well, the worst part was that we had to eat outside. That was what was making it so unpleasant. <laughs> I would, I would, that would be the worst part for me, too. I hate eating outside, and I don't like doing it in the, the best of weather. Yeah, so, and, and, well, you guys are not campers, Dad. Like, you guys. Oh, it's warm out. It was cold. It was actually cold last week. Yeah, it was it's cold. Still, still pretty cold up here now. I mean, uh, what do you mean by cold, though? It was in the 40s. But I don't. It's in the 40s, approaching the 30s. At night, it was getting cold. Yeah, yep. And it still is, Mike. If yours is, well, you're probably just about 10 degrees, within 10 degrees higher, you know, or around the same as where I am. Yesterday, it was only in the 50s, you know, during the day. I think it was warmer at the end of March than it is now. Yeah, we had a few warm days, and then it got cool cool again. We had, the whole month hasn't really been that warm. This week it's supposed to be like cloudy and rainy all week. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it was the last time I was in Connecticut. It gets rather depressing after a while. Yeah. I did think I did have some sympathy for you people. I did. You people. <laughs> you people. I said, well, I do it's understand sunny and hot here. Why, to- why television is important to them. Because outside is not very appealing. It's cold, it's rainy, it's dreary. Yeah, for that's, I imagine that's why they put, they well, not so much anymore, but that's why they used to put uh, all the reruns on in the summer, right? Because yeah. a, a lot of the country is stuck inside in February. and March and April. March, April, <laughs> definitely <laughs> January, too. <laughs> it, was, it was so great hearing you guys' voices. You can tell I'm winding this down. <laughs> All right, but it really was great. I loved it. Down simultaneously. Yeah, but it was good. It's good. We'll do it again. All we right. will. Now that Mike's updated, it, that really seemed to be the trigger, Mike. Yeah. When you updated your Skype, everything else fell into place, uh-huh. and nobody knows who Jake McCall is, though, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's fine. I I didn't. I got out of. I met up with Fredericks. I didn't end up sealed up uh, in, a, in a drum. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it was good. I made it out. Okay. But it would be a good. It'd be good to have a meetup or something. If you, oh, if I would love to have a Mike Skype convention. Yes, it's probably <laughs> gonna be in Scranton, so you don't even. That's have right. Yeah, that's a good. Well, it could be wherever, right? Like we just go wherever. It would be a funny place to go. Yeah. 
That would be fun. Can we sleep at masses? <laughs> we had a bartender who would do that. Well, so then you could have some guests. I think his bedding is still in the in the bank. Oh, so we got a place to sleep. The One Chris person. Gethard, the Chris Gethard, Tom, uh, best show cruise sounded hilarious too. Actually, oh, that was disgusting. <laughs> cruise. I know Mike. <laughs> I don't know. Although again, that was one of those things. Will I end up in a plastic drum or kidney? <laughs> with Greg, with Greg Gethard and Fred from Honolulu hovering over me with That's bloody right. Hair. Right. Well, he says, just keep the ice there. Keep the ice there. You'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Fred kind of ruined that one. Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling it's just Frederick's computer. He's got his own weird uh, circuit.